I'm Kimberly. I'm Raina. And we're each other's hype women, and we're obsessed with each other's aspirations, boardrooms, and goals. Join us as we talk about our experiences of unfucking up our lives, Asian identities, careers, and just life in general. We can be your hype women as well. Welcome to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. Welcome from Germany. Um, I guess we're <laughs> countries apart, but we are also still in COVID lockdown together, but separately, right? How have you been holding up? You know what? I think I'm very privileged that I still get to, you know, work from home and we both have jobs, you know, so I feel very lucky and privileged. What about you? I'm well, I'm feeling a little stir crazy because I don't really have a, I know it sounds so first world problems, but I don't have a vacation to look forward to. I don't really. Yeah. So what I've been doing a lot of is one of those like home personality tests and a lot of. You would. I love those tests so <laughs> much. So I've been doing a lot of quizzes online and just reading up on personality, personality types. Yeah. Are you finding out new things about yourself? Yeah. Or do you already did you already know all these? I think I've been learning more about myself. I think it's what how I interpret it differently. So sometimes mm-hmm. like I'll look up a result and I'll be like, oh, that's more or less the same. But then how I see it feels different from it was like, say, 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Or interpret it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been interesting too. But I, I've been doing a lot of these personality tests because, you know, they're so 100% accurate. Oh, 100%. 100%. And like, I think there's such a big business in that, right? I mean, self-help books, help, self-help development books and all these quizzes, like they're all over the place all the time. And like, it's such a huge booming market all the time. Oh, 100%. And you know what? What's not, you know, what's the most accurate I find? BuzzFeed, yeah. obviously. <laughs> of course. Like, don't we all want to know what kind of girl cheese sandwich we are? Oh, thank you for sending that one over to me. <laughs> <laughs> That was very insightful. Yeah, because they're so scientifically accurate. Well, you know, to get the audience on board, to know how serious we are about self-development, we are going to do a quiz together. Ooh, yes. Right? And so, Raina, you sent me a very scientific, very accurate buzz. Completely backed up by science. And the title (laughs) is... Eat a bunch of Asian food and we'll reveal a deep truth of yours. <laughs> okay. So are we going to do this together? Yeah. Let's do it together. Okay. 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 So I have mine open. Yeah. Mine's open too. I'll read the first one and then you can read yeah. the next one. We'll go back. Yeah. Yeah. Back. Okay. Sounds good. So begin with <laughs> begin with a taste of Thailand. We could choose from boat noodles, Thai chicken rice, spicy Thai seafood soup, or plamuk yang, grilled squid. Which one are you picking? Oh, I love all of them. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Raina is such a foodie, so this would be very difficult. Yeah, especially noodles. Okay, because I love noodles, I'm going with boat noodles. I love seafood soup. I love spicy Thai soup, so that's my go-to. All right. Next, something from Singapore. One, fritters. Two, chicken satay. Three, chili crab. And four, roti prata. What's roti prata? The picture looks very good, though. It does. So I'm picking that. I'm going with chicken saute. <laughs> oh, 
This one is your culture. Yeah. Please pick something from the Philippines. One, chicken adobo. Two, banana queue. Three, tocino. What's tocino? Tocino. Tocino. What's tocino? It's like a cured red meat. It's just very, it's very fatty. Usually you have it for breakfast. Uh, you might have longanisa. Sometimes people love yes. longanisa. So it's it's but it's more like a it's like, like sausages. a yeah. But it's 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 very much just a, yeah, it's meat. It's love it. Sweet. It's like love sweetened it. a bit. Mm, okay. And the fourth one, kare kare. I love kare kare. That's my go to. Again, it's like a curry type of you know yes. like peanut butter. That's my go to. Yes. Okay. Oh, I got my result. Okay, you go first. Okay. Or should we read it out at the same time? You want to try? No one's gonna, okay, this audio is not going to make any sense. Okay, one, two, <laughs> two three. three. You love You're to move to another country. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? You're waiting on true love? That's what I'm you got? waiting on true love. Apparently, my Filipino-Canadian husband is in the next room over, yet BuzzFeed tells me I'm waiting on true love. Okay, please read. Please read the results. It says, maybe you've been lucky enough to get a taste of it. Maybe it's eluded you forever. Regardless, you're not willing to settle until you find a love that leaves you breathless and weak in the knees. Well, maybe you did find him. <laughs> you just, you, you know, you, that's maybe saying the love is here. So I got, you'd love to move to another country, which is so mm. funny because I was just telling you I was feeling very antsy. Mm, true. Staying at home. You're a curious soul with a desire to see the world and be exposed to as much as you can. As soon as you can, there's a small part of you itching to start fresh abroad. I don't know how the science worked behind that, but <laughs> goddamn. Well, so today we are going to focus on two primary tests. One being the Enneagram test. And one that most people know about is the MBTI test or the 16 personalities. Um, I have been, again, getting stir crazy and I love these quizzes. I've done the color theory test, which color you are. Um, I have oh. done the Yeah, I've done. I've, you've named, you name it. I've done it. Have you done it? No, I've never okay. done it. Well, this test. podcast won't have time for that. So we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for another day. But we decided, I, I messaged, actually a funny story. I messaged Raina. Uh, after doing the Enneagram test, because I was trying to figure out which characteristic she would fall into. And most of these any of these tests kind of break down your personality. What kind of person you are? What are your true desires? What are your strengths and weaknesses? Um, and so she's like, you know what? We should do this. Let's let's do this for our podcast. I will take she's like, I will take the Enneagram test and you do the MBTI test and let's come together. So without further ado, let's let's get right into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to compare results with you because I think for the most part, you know, we've known each other for over 10 years. And I think a lot of the things that we do or have done or the way that we perceive things, I think it's quite similar, I think, which is why we get along so well and we're like each other's hype woman. But yeah, I'm just super excited to compare. So yes, tell me um, what is the Enneagram? Because first of all, I didn't even know how to um, pronounce it. Um, which, um, actually, okay, this is where I want to play you a little clip, okay? All right, so I'm going to take the Enneagram. Is it pronounced Enneagram? An Enneagram? Enneagram? I don't know. They should start the test with how to pronounce it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So there you go. That's how much I knew about this test. <laughs> this brings me so much joy. So much joy. Uh, not, okay, guys, this please. Is, so that's the episode. Let's call it a day. So <laughs> Educate it, me. So the Enneagram test is uh, a model of the human psyche, uh, and it's broken down into nine interconnected personality types. This, the idea behind it stems back thousands and thousands of years, and there is a spiritual uh, component to it. But nine is is what Enneagram stands for, nine points, nine figures. Um, and again, it, it's a system that describes patterns in how people interpret the world and manage their emotions. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I, I hope like when you when you break it down, you know, you could be one of these nine personality types. And, you know, there's a lot of reading on it. There's a lot of history. I'm not going to go through all that. But one particular person I found who's very popular in this space, who has a lot of books, is um author named Richard Rohr. And mm-hmm. I was reading one of his real, I, I was watching his YouTube, in, um, he does a YouTube series on the whole thing, a, a lecture. And I had to quote this because this was so profound to me, at least. He goes, what's the whole purpose of this? Like, why do people do these Enneagrams? Well, again, it's all back to like what our struggles are at the end of the day, right? Like, yeah. what are those things that, you know, how are you going to interpret the world? How are you going to manage your emotions? But all that stems is like from your your innermost struggle. And it's like, unless you tame your demons, you will never know your angels. Ooh. Yeah. And he goes, make the devil work for God. And yes, there's, there is a lot of spiritual and like Christian and Jewish and um, even Middle Eastern um, components to understanding this. But you don't have to be super religious to understand this. Basically, mm. knowing your inner struggles or dark energy can transfer into good. And in essence, how can you bring good for yourself and into this world? Right, right, right. Because you're right. Like with the good and the bad. Um, I think there is a really big part in every religion about that, but it's universal, right? Mm. The good and bad. It doesn't have to be religious or spiritual. Like, yeah, I think that's something everybody um, tackles every day. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And if you're not a spiritual person, that's fine. You can look at it as like morals, right? He used a great example of Lord of the Rings, right? Like the ring itself is not necessarily bad. It's just a powerful tool. And if you know how to use it. lost me already. Oh my god, that's right. You've never watched Lord of the Rings. Okay, for those who have watched <laughs> Lord of the Rings, just know there is elements of good and bad um and how you you decide to move on with your morals, which morals that you go by and how, you know, the character has this struggle, this quest, right? And so how you go about it will be different from each protagonist. You are the protagonist of your own life. Anyways, there are nine, okay? Enneagram again, nine points. So number 1 is the perfectionist or the reformer. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. rational, idealistic type. Um, they're, very, they're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and again, perfectionists. Um, then you have number two, type two, the helper. They're caring, interpersonal types are demonstrative, generous, they're people pleasers, uh, and they can be a little possessive, right? Mm. They kind of might be a little too like, I need you to want me. I need you to like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. And then the achiever, the success-oriented, they're mm-hmm. the pragmatic type, but mm-hmm. they are uh, driven. They're very image conscious. They're mm-hmm. very aligned with what people feel about them, uh, but they're very like um, over-the-top achievers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you have the individualists, the sensitive. They're, they're more withdrawn, but they're very expressive and artistic. A little self-absorbed, <laughs> a little mm-hmm. temperamental, but, you know, they're very, like, whimsical and romantic. 
Uh, so we have type five, the investigator. Okay, they're very intense. They're the uh, cerebral type. They're perceptive, innovative, but a little secretive and um, a bit isolated. Ooh, this one's like mysterious and sexy in a way. I, mysterious is actually another word for them. Oh, the investigator okay. is also slash the, you know, the mysterious type. Okay. So then you have type six, which is the loyalist or, you know, slash the skeptic. I have a few friends who are in this box, which is funny. Uh, they're committed and they're, again, loyal, but they're the secure oriented type, security oriented type. Mm, so they, okay. they they love security. Um, mm-hmm. They love to engage with others, though. They, they're responsible, but they're a little anxious. And again, they're skeptics, so they're suspicious. Ah, okay, suspicious yeah. is one of their biggest underlying traits. Mm. Um, and then you have type seven, the enthusiast. The busy, they're fun loving, they're spontaneous, but they're also very versatile. But they're distracted, and they're known as like the scattered brain of the bunch. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I can I can picture some people being this way, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So then you have the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self confident, decisive. Well, they're very commanding, but they could be confrontational, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. you know skirt around anything. They're going to like flat out call you out. Mm-hmm. And then at the top, actually, uh, the no- uh, so the Enneagram is a diagram, right, with nine points. This is actually at the top. It starts instead of it starting starting at one, it starts oh. at nine, and it's the peacemaker. It's, okay, they're easygoing, um, the easygoing, self-effacing type. They're receptive, reassuring, agreeable, but a little complacent. Yeah. So okay. You, yeah. So there yeah, might be yeah. a little it's like too- the pleasing type, right? Yeah, they could be. Well, you have to be careful that. You know, some of these can overlap with others, right? You don't want it to get mixed up with the helper, um, you know, like because the helper can also be seen as like the people pleasing type. Even the overachiever, the achievers right. can be people pleasers. The peacemaker is more like a pacifist, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, you, they're too agreeable, all right? So you don't really know, like it's not necessarily a good thing. So those are the nine types. If you want to know more, go go online. It's going to take us forever to get through them. And there is yeah. a lot of breakdown but the the point of this is we're going to find out what's brain is <laughs> and you'll tell me yours after right yes how this all started was i sent her the test and i'm like i need to know which one you are i have a suspicion <laughs> should i tell you my suspicion now or yeah tell I- me your suspicion first okay i thought you were either the challenger type which mm-hmm. is eight mm-hmm this uh, is the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Yeah. yeah but I was like, mm, you're also like, you're not too in your someone's face, though. So then I was like, mm. oh, you know what? You're probably an achiever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like success-oriented, pragmatic. So I was like, okay, it could be it could be that. But you're also a helper. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're so generous. You're, you know, there is that caring part. So like three very polar opposite type so i but i was leaning actually towards three so i'm very curious to know if three is is your thing it's just because when i think of reina i'm like damn goals Mm. resume impressive that's like the achiever the achiever is like when you show up you show up (laughs) so you make me sound super good Um, well the achiever also have some like there are some downsides to being an achiever Okay, okay, okay. Let's 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 get right to your test. I want to hear okay. how how you performed. If you want to take this test with Raina, go to trudy.com. I sent her the link to this website. So she's on the enneagram trudy.com 
free test. It's funny. The last question is self-improvement is a major interest of mine. <laughs> I wonder if people who actually take this test say inaccurate. All right. So get my results. Uh, in a nutshell, threes are defined by their desire to achieve. <laughs> surprise, surprise. They want to advance in the world and will sacrifice almost anything for success, vigorously pursuing tasks and becoming utterly absorbed in the pursuit of attainment. But they will only choose a task in the first place if it promises rewards and brings prestige. Threes like to stand out. They have a burning need to be admired and see life as a game where winning is emphasized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to get uh, a little bit blurred out unless I unlock my report. Is that when I uh, have to uh, pay? Ah. Oh, I have a 98% match for three. What's the next highest one? Seven. Type seven is described as the enthusiast. Seven's okay. So um, I was right. That's yeah. Were you? Wait, you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You did guess three. I feel so vindicated right now. <laughs> I'm so curious to know on the next test if we have the same. Okay, so. Fun fact, there are things called the wings. The wing what? is the number to the left and to the right of your main type. So you said you scored 98%. Um, this is your highest on the type three, the achiever? That's right. Yeah. What did you score on the helper, which is type two? Type two is an 83% match. 83? Okay. And then type four, the individualist? 49%. Okay, so we are exactly the same code. No, really? Yes. So the helper. So, okay, I'm going to break down the wings. Wings are, you're never just one 100% of one thing. Okay. Okay. So the wings are, yes, you let's say your predominant type is that middle number. However, on the left or the right, those can also skew where your um, strengths are, your weaknesses are, that you might take some from that side of, of the Enneagram. So your wing is a two because you scored higher on the helper than you did on type four, which is the individualist. So it's not the percentage of any other number. It's no. always the ones before and after. Yes. Hence the okay. wings. Okay. Oh, God. So it. you can't have, let's say you're, well, you are an achiever. You can't have, just because you scored, you know, a, a large amount in the enthusiast, that's not your wings. Your wings are always okay. the one to the left or the right, or, you know, okay. the one, the yeah. numbers you are sandwiched between. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So I am, so we are both the achiever with a giver wing. Yes. So your not so how you would write it out is your three wing two. Oh my god. Yes. I so feel so I feel like this. Yeah, it's so revealing. And your score actually is very similar to mine. My uh, giver score, my wing two, was about uh, not as high as yours. It was about in the seventies. Okay. Um, what was what was the percentage for your four? Oh, it was uh, like fifty four. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fifty four. Um, but the achiever, I got 99%. <laughs> yes. This is so funny. I got a 98. Uh, so, and then, yeah, we are like the same person, basically. And my next most popular one was actually eight was the challenger. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, but I, it was interesting when I, when I, I think I got a 92 on challenger. So very close. 
But wow. I, I think Achiever really helps. And so here's something to note. When you have a wing, uh, you take some of those. It kind of sways what kind of Achiever you are. You could be oh. an Achiever who's closer as an individualist, very dramatic, um, sensitive, uh, but very romantic. Or you could be the Achiever wing two, uh, the helper, the giver, who's a little more caring, uh, generous, more of a people pleaser, a little more possessive. So you, you see what kind of achiever you're leaning towards. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty accurate for both of us, I think. It is. It is really accurate. And um, when I was actually reading more about the type three and what that really means, um, let me actually play this one. So because I'm still curious, I am now on a different website and reading up about the Enneagram 3 type. The basic desire, the most basic desire for type 3s is to feel valued and accepted. Yep, those are (laughs) two big things in my list of values. They tend to seek accomplishment and admiration, usually expressing this by setting big goals and doing what it takes to succeed in order to earn validation or praise from those around them. People who identify as a type 3 often adapt to fit different settings very naturally, which can may lead to playing a character rather than being themselves. Oof. Basic fear. The basic fear of the Enneagram type 3 is failure and worthlessness. In summary, Enneagram 3 personalities tend to, one, seek validation and accept th- acceptance through success. Two, fear being unworthy and unloved. Three, be adaptable and high energy. Four, regularly set and accomplish goals. Five, focus on their personal development. And my top strengths are drive to accomplish and succeed, motivating and encouraging those around them, ability to understand and connect with others, being charismatic and confident, efficiency and practical thinking in the workplace. My weaknesses, love these things. Um, One, focusing too heavily on personal image. Mm -hmm. Two, difficulty accepting failure from themselves or others. Mm -hmm. Three, losing touch with or avoiding their own feelings. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And four, being perceived as insensitive or overly competitive. Yep. Um, I do not disagree with any of these things. I think it's also quite reflective of my Berkman and my MBTI. So yeah, well done personality test for knowing me as well as I know myself. Yeah, that was basically um, me being too cheap to pay for the first one and uh, feeling cheated for not being able to read on more. So me Googling type three Enneagram and reading up on other websites. No, that's like the best way to learn, right? Yeah. And you know what? We're not experts. Again, we're not saying we're the experts on these. If you feel if you are a professional in the Enneagram, comment. Please write to us. Let us know where we messed up. For all I know, I got the wings all wrong. Um, But no, I think you're probably right. I mean, you wouldn't make this up. You're probably you did do a lot of research. I did. I I have. Again, quarantine has made me heavily involved in all these personality tests. But for the most part, you know what? Even without COVID, Kim, when you're passionate about something, you go down a rabbit hole so quickly and you will like look up everything and anything there is to know about that one particular topic. I'm a little obsessive. It is is that one of the threes? Is that is that just a Kim thing? <laughs> I think that's just a Kim right. thing. So it, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but like it's it's you know if you want to know more, 
do the free test on Truji.com. Uh, there is a, an Enneagram Institute. I think there is a, a paid, another paid test for it. Um, and if you, we'd love to know what your, your Enneagram type is, whether, you know, you're a type one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of more fun things I'm not going to cover on this podcast. For example, you know, um, each Enneagram is broken into um, the heart, the head, and the body, right? And there's a whole bunch of stuff over there. Um, and, you know, just because Raina and I are both threes, we're in the heart category. Two to oh. fours, yeah, we're in the heart categories. Um, but if you want to know more, Definitely go on the website and read up on it. It's very fascinating. Um, it kind of shows like, you know, how you how you make your decisions too. Amazing. Well, thank you, Dr. Kim, for this very insightful and super scientifically backed up and researched You're welcome. Uh, topic on Enneagrams. <laughs> I also now know now know how to pronounce it. Awesome. Okay. So then this brings me to our next test that we both took. Um, the Myers-Briggs type indicator, MBTI. So full disclaimer, though, neither of us actually took the official MBTI test. We took something online called 16 Personalities. Um, I think this one is probably more commonly taken by like people like us or um, people who just want like to do want to do a free one rather than like contact someone and actually get it done. Um, I think a lot of workplaces and universities and MBA schools actually do MBTI, like the official one where they pay someone to do it for them. But for the purpose of this, you know, 16 personalities online is good enough for us. So, um, Kim, when did you first take uh, 16 personalities slash MBTI? So I actually did the paid MBTI account in 20, 2008. So you actually did a paid one. I did a paid one because when I was in university, I was a res don, and we do a lot of, or people call them RAs, you know, we do a lot of orientation, personal development, training, all that rah, 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 fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so they did a, they paid for us. They legit took our test, brought it to the MBTI Institute, uh, and then we got results a couple of days later. Okay. So I did, I did, I did know, but again, that was 14 years ago. It was, it was 12. 12? I can't do math. 2008. I've already moved past 2020 and 2021. Uh, yeah, 12 years ago. COVID's doing a real number on you, it, It's, yeah, it's, it's lost. It's completely, my, my mind is melding. Um, <laughs> but it is it is the paid test. I'm curious okay. to know. I was curious to know if I was right. So I have done the 16 personality test um, maybe a few years ago um, in an old job. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it was it was the same. Okay. So they, there is a clearly the paid one and the 16 personality on it it still kind of had the same results. Yeah. Um and I'm very interested to know if it's it's the same now. Yeah, that's true. So maybe I'll um talk a little bit about what MBTI is. It was um or it is still considered like the original personality assessment tool that really brought personality assessments into people's everyday lives. It was created by a mother-daughter duo, um, but neither of them had actual official training in psychology. It's just that the mother was very deeply fascinated by Carl Jung's typology um, and his psychology. And so she decided to start doing research on it. Um, and then later on, I think it was even after the daughter even passed away um, is when um, a psychologist started to work on it and then made it 
uh, famous. So it is regarded as the most classic one. But um, there is a little bit of controversy because some people call it like pseudoscience and it's not widely endorsed by academic researchers. But still, because it's so widely known, you know, so many universities and workplaces still use it. So for me, um, I took only 16 personalities and this was maybe a few years ago, um, but it really spoke to me. I was like, yep, this is exactly me. Um, and the interesting thing about the MBTI is that um, the test and retest reliability, it said that only 35% of people keep exactly the same profile. So what means is that 65% of people um, can actually change over time. That's a lot. Yeah, I guess it means that you know, every time, I don't know, let's say if you take it like every 10 years or something, something could be different. Yeah, it's not as accurate. It's not consistent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Could change whereas, on your mood, right? Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, I'll just quickly go into the Berkman method, which is actually a workplace person- workplace personality test that I'm actually officially certified in as a consultant to run these tests for people. And for that, the t- the retest um, reliability average is 0.85, which means that for the most part, people, even if they take it later on in life, it actually doesn't change a lot. The only time that it could change at all is if someone goes through a very traumatic experience in their life, then their um, usual behavior can change. So for the most part, I think our values and core values and the way that we are, whether we're like extroverted or introverted, those things I don't really think change over time, but maybe your perspective on things will change as you get older. So I think that part is probably true for most of these assessments. So just to maybe quickly give a very high overview of an MBTI, um, they have four categories. And so the first category is, are you outwardly or inwardly focused? So you're either an extroverted person or an introverted person. The second one is, how do you prefer to take in information? So are you a more sensitive, like sensing person or an intuition person? So this is the letter S versus the letter N. The third category is how you prefer to make decisions. So are you more of the thinking type or the feeling type? So kind of like making decisions based on um, more logical reasoning or more based on your personal values and how, um, you know, it emotionally affects you. The fourth category is how do you prefer to live your outer life? So that is between the judging and the perceiving. So the judging is um, for those people who like to be detailed and have step-by-step instructions and prefer to have things kind of settled. And the P is for perceiving where you prefer to leave your options open and you are sometimes maybe more spontaneous and you enjoy surprises and new situations. So probably a little bit more open. So those are the four categories. And so you basically get 16 different combinations based on all of those um, choices to the two choices within each category. So 
if you've ever seen on anyone's like Instagram page, like ISTP or ENTP, that is most likely their MBTI uh, personality type. So Kim, please tell me what is yours? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play. I'm not I'll just fast forward through it because I literally did the whole test. You still honor commitments you have made, even if you have change of heart. Agreed. You rarely fit insecure. Disagree. And they want my gender. Okay, fine. Female, I guess. Unnecessary, I think. All right. Interesting. Okay. I am ENFJ. That's actually the same as it was before uh, when I had taken this test. I'm an ENFJ. Turbulent. That's different. An ENFJ dash T. But I'm on, I literally skewed turbulent 1%. So my mind, so I guess this is my introverted or extroverted. Oh yeah, 69% extroverted. 83% intuitive. 75% feeling. Oh. And 57% judging. Okay, so that's, that's our result. How, so, okay, so you got the same test result as the one you did 12 years ago. Yes. And what did you think about that? You know, I think 12 years ago, I didn't really understand what it means. I'm like, sure. You know, I was like, what, 20? I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand how to like, what does it mean for me per se. But now that I've have a lot more work experience, uh, more have different relationships with people now. Like it's, I can now interpret it differently. But I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I still agree with those fundamentals. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like the assertive versus the turbulent parts. It's funny because I have taken the sixteen personalities test in the past, um, and I had assertive before. So it's interesting that mm-hmm. I moved to turbulent. Uh, yeah, because I oh, okay. ooh, I did do this one test once before these years 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 ago because my friend mm-hmm. was doing it and we were having a sleepover uh and i did have an enfp once but oh. that changed very quickly and no one agreed with that <laughs> <laughs> they're like you're not a p they're like kim you're not a p do that test again <laughs> yeah because i can see you in both actually i think it just i guess it depends on the day i take this test <laughs> yeah so maybe that's kind of like where the reliability the retest reliability piece comes in. What did you... Okay, so we, we talked about my... What, what's yours? Okay, so Kim, you are an ENFJT, right? Turbulent. So mine was, drum roll, <laughs> not exactly the same, but quite similar. I am an ESFJA. Ah. So according to 16 personalities, my type is the assertive console. And my role is the sentinel. I'm going to look up yours right now. Yeah. Interesting. And so my personality traits um, is 81% extroverted versus introverted. Wow. 81. Yeah. Pretty high. My energy, just this is the trait that where we direct our mental energy. I am 83% observant rather than intuitive. For nature, this is the trait that determines how we make decisions and cope with emotions. I'm 69% feeling as opposed to thinking. Tactics, I am um, 72% judging as opposed to prospecting. 
This is the trait that reflects my approach to work planning and decision making. And my identity, oh, this is super interesting. This is, again, where um, it underpins all others, showing how confident we are in our abilities and decisions. I am 97% assertive as opposed to turbulent. Wow. So that's like a clear scale. I feel yeah, the like difference. You said you flip-flop. I flip-flop. But-, but you, actually, between the two of us, you are definitely the more, like, decisive one. Mm. I, I will say that. I feel like you are more quick to like okay like this is this is a good chance let's 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 go this route um assertive individuals are self-assured even tempered and resistant to stress they refuse to worry too much and do not push themselves too hard when it comes to achieving goals so that's me and you are turbulent you are self-conscious and sensitive to stress they are likely to experience a wide range of emotions and to be success-driven perfectionistic and eager to improve which is not wrong but- <laughs> Yeah, but the fact that you could flip-flop from one or the other means that you're probably just kind of like in the middle. Like you can be uh, resistant to stress or stress yourself out. You can be sensitive or even-tempered. I think that's more like, I guess that would be situational too, right? I guess the place I'm in. I I have yours up right now. And again, uh, you're the console. So just Mm -hmm. reading up on yours. Uh, they are attentive, people focused, and enjoy taking part in social community. Their achievements are guided by decisive values and are willingly offer guidance to others, which is perfect because you are a life coach. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, and you guys are the sentinels. So each category is broken up. The analysts are in purple. The diplomats mm-hmm, are in mm-hmm. green. And in, in, in the diplomats, you could be an advocate, a mediator. The mediator is hella funny because it's a bunch of butterflies Literally moving around this girl in Coachella. Yeah, yeah, totally Coachella moment. Right. And she, and then the protagonist is is me and I'm a guy with a cape holding a sword. Um, yeah, charismatic and, and inspiring leader is able to mesmerize their listeners. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You yeah. have the campaigner who's like, hey, how you doing? And that's who I was leaning mm-hmm. towards last time. Mm. Um, not too far off from the campaigner. And then Sentinels, this is your group. Logistician. Mm-hmm. Um defender uh the executive and then you the console which is so cute yeah. because your graphic is i a, i don't know what he's doing he has a cake he's holding a cake a book and an umbrella and an apron yeah and he's standing on one foot so like you're just i guess i gotta read yours now like i'm so fascinated by yours <laughs> It says, yeah, extraordinarily caring, social, and popular people, always eager to help. Yeah. I don't know about the popular part, but I definitely do like helping. No, I would say you're, you're quite popular. People will gravitate you or like, you know, like I, I definitely think you're, you're friendly with other people. You're not shy. Mm-hmm. Like you, mm-hmm. you are good at making a lot of friends along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. <laughs> In... It says in high school, consoles are the cheerleaders and the quarterbacks, setting the tone, taking the spotlight and leading their teams forward to victory and fame. Which is not <laughs> far from the achiever in the Enneagram. <laughs> so true. Okay. You're also very loyal, sensitive and warm, good at connecting with others. Um, your weaknesses, worried about their social status, inflexible, 100%. reluctant to innovate or improvise. I disagree with that, but okay for you. Mm. Uh, vulnerable to criticism. Yes. <laughs> Often too needy. Too selfless. Oh. 
Oh, I don't, I don't know about the needy yeah, part. I don't, I don't see the needy part. Like Joe, my husband, always says to me that like I need to like be more know, needy. Ask him, <laughs> yeah, in a way. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's read it. Consoles need to hear and see a great deal of appreciation. If their efforts go unnoticed, people with console personality type may start fishing for compliments in an attempt to get reassurance on how much they <laughs> feel valued. Well, it's it's funny you read that because I work with a coach. You know, all coaches also need their own coaches, right? Um, with my coach, um, in the beginning, we were talking about you know how I want to be coached and stuff, and I did tell I did tell her I do really well when you compliment me and when you tell me that I'm doing really well. <laughs> you know that like that assurance you know so no i'm i'm not shy to admit like i do like compliments i like telling i like people telling me you're doing great even if i know that i'm doing great i just need to hear it (laughs) validation so romantic relationships consoles don't do casual things they need to know their partners will always be by their sides offering unwavering support and marriage and family are the ultimate goal oh I guess it's like a security. Yeah. Interesting because Joe and I only got married for bureaucratic visa reasons, but hey-ho. I mean, you do love each other. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) But you know what? But okay, I should clarify. I said visa reasons, but no, I got my Canadian permanent residency on my own. Thank you very much. Um, We just got married so that, you know, it's easier for us to move around countries as a married couple. Yes. Just wanted to clarify that. Together, though. Together. Yes, together. Okay, so that's so interesting. Uh, did you get a chance to read through your profile? Because it breaks it down from your friendships. It breaks it down to your how you would be as a parent. Uh, oh, yeah. They give you a lot more than the Enneagram. Yeah, that's true. This definitely is a more giving website. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, for for mine, oh, my God, wait, wait. Before we move on, I want to know what they compare you to. There's a comparison personality. Oh, consoles you may know? Yes. <gasps> Taylor Swift. I am the same as Taylor Swift. And then it goes Jennifer Gardner, Bill Clinton, Steve Harvey, Danny Glover, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, hell yes. Sally Field. You have no idea who these people are. Tyra Banks. Oh, no. uh, Game of Thrones. You're like Sansa Stark. Okay, that means nothing to me. Never mind. Uh, Dean Winchester from Supernatural. Again. Jack Shepard from Lost. Mm, No. Okay, you got Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones, who's a fucking badass. I just know the name. Okay, no, she's a badass. Um, Carmella from Sopranos. Monica from Friends. What? Okay, I I could see that. Come on. You love to cook. You know, you're very much a hostess. And you also have, okay, between you and I, you do have feelings on certain etiquette when people are hosting. Yes. Yes, totally. Yeah, that is so 100% true. So you're not you're not as particular as Monica or as high strung, mm-hmm. but I definitely mm-hmm. see qualities. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Okay, I'm so Ooh, curious. This, okay, this, this was a really good part. Yeah. Okay, so Kim, um, we've, I think, gone over mine enough. I'm super curious to go uh, more deeper into yours. Oh, right. <laughs> I was so curious to know what yours was. So yes, again, I'm, I am the ENFJ protagonist. And so just like a high level protagonists are natural born leaders full of passion and charisma, 
forming around 2% of the population. They are oftentimes our politicians, our coaches and teachers, reaching out and inspiring others to achieve and to do good in the world with a natural confidence that begets influence. Protagonists take a great deal of pride and joy in guiding others to work together to improve themselves in their community. Sure. <laughs> that seems kind of vague. And you do take a great deal of pride and joy in guiding others to work together to improve themselves and their community. I mean, first of all, you start with yourself. You have a lot of pride and joy in improving yourself. I mean, the whole basis of this whole what yes. episode. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so can I read the protagonist you may know? Yes, please. Barack Obama. <gasps> no, that's amazing. Oprah Winfrey. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, to be fair, I don't know Oprah personally, and I don't know her that well. But I've always said to you, Kim, you need to have like a media conglomerate just like Oprah Winfrey. One so. can only wish. Uh, who else might you might know in this? Uh, no, you're not going to know any of these other ones. Uh, Skylar from Breaking Bad. You watch Breaking Bad? Well, I watched Joe watch Breaking okay, Bad. Close enough. Joe basically learned German from watching Breaking Bad with German subs. <laughs> amazing that's so impressive um yeah do you agree do you think i'm an enfj it is a little vague hold on okay so kim you are tolerant protagonists are true team players and they recognize that that means listening to other people's opinions even when they contradict their own they admit they don't have all the answers and are often receptive to dissent so long as it remains constructive doesn't everyone feel that way? <laughs> well, you know what? The fact that you think that makes you an altruistic person. Oh, I am. I'm a diplomat. It does say that yeah. I'm a diplomat category. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm in the green. You're reliable. Oh, 100%. Like 150%. You are like one of the most reliable people I know. You... Um, in like the 12, 12 or 13 years that I've known you have driven literally and figuratively driven people to do things and driven people in your car to go and do that particular thing. Oh, my God. We need to cut to Chase and Mraz. <laughs> There's a story for that. One day, folks. One day. <laughs> Yep, yep. Our Jason Raz. You've also like driven people to school so they can take classes. You are like, you know, if someone tells you that they're trying to pursue a dream, whether it's going to see a Jason Raz concert or in the morning, you know, I'm trying to finish my PhD and I need to get to my dissertation at like four in the morning, you're like, I've got this. Do not worry about a single thing. I will make this happen for you as if it were my own mission. Like, that's how reliable, charismatic, and altruistic you are. I will say so, I am reliable. I'll get that. Because a lot of my friends have said, like, I don't know if it's reliable or crazy, but people are like, if I had to bury a body, you'd be the first person I'd call. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Yeah. You're charismatic for sure. So, so with that... One of your weaknesses, this says that you're overly idealistic. Uh, too selfless and too sensitive. I'm sensitive. Are you? I think so. I think I'd be sensitive. Fluctuating self-esteem. Yes. Girl, please. <laughs> okay, the sensitive part, I was a little bit unsure. But now that I like kind of think back, I think you can be sensitive, but you're also really quick to get yourself out of that. And it says here their sensitivity is more with others, actually. So if 
there aren't there. They try to fix things that they can't fix or worrying if they're doing enough. So going back to like, if I fail to take you to your dissertation or if we miss Jason Mraz at 5 a.m., <laughs> I will personally be too sad. Like, I will take that as a failure and I would be so hurt from not getting you there. Like, that's like, right. we're too sensitive. It's like, well, relax. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. Like, I would be like, you know what, Kim, you tried so hard. It's don't worry about it. It's really just Jason Mraz. And you would be like, no, I fucked up. I totally I'm would. so sorry. <laughs> we I should have woken up even earlier. <laughs> that I have done that. And Matt, my husband, has told me, he's like, it's not the end of the world. Relax. Like, the person is alive. They got to where they need to get to. Like, yeah, you need to stop fixating on that. I do get very sensitive on that. Right, right, right. You are a very giving person. And you are. the struggle to make so. tough decisions, so true. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time making yeah. decisions on that. On, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's the it's mm-hmm. the feelings part. It's like, oh, is everyone feeling good? Is everyone having a good time? Yeah, 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 yeah. When we go to your romantic relationships, it says that you are you feel the most at home when you're in a relationship, and even in the dating phase. People with the protagonist personality type are ready to show their commitment by taking the time and effort to establish themselves as dependable, trustworthy partners. I would say, is that just true for everyone? <laughs> I, I, sorry. Okay, let's focus on you. <laughs> no, but like, Again, you're being a little too selfless. Like, what's the point of a relationship if you're not going to be dependable, a trustworthy partner? Like, <laughs> okay, fair. You're right. I don't, okay, then you're just an asshole. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. But listen to this. There's really no greater joy for protagonists than to help along the goals of someone they care about. And the interweaving of lives that a committed relationship represents is the perfect opportunity to do just that. I think that is you. Okay, I guess. Yeah, just to me, that seems like... If you're in a relationship, should you help each other with your goals? Is that what other relationships are out there? They're not helping each other with each other's goals. Is that not a standard? Okay. But okay, to be fair, I think you and I have been in very stable, committed, like long-term relationships. Okay. Right? Like we've both been with our partners for 12 years now. Yeah. Right? We've been we like literally you and Matt and me and Joe, we've been together since like dating wise since 2009 yeah right and we both got married in 2016 shut up i just made that correlation right now really yeah that did not even occur to me what we've talked about this have we no like not that oh we met our partners at the same time and then we married our partners around the same time like, I didn't, yeah. like, if I said, oh, 2009, and you got married in 2016, I was like, oh, like, a timeline, but not in relative to each other. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 no, but I've known this about us, like, all four of us, we, it's like we've been, like, group dating or something, but, like, we all got together in 2009 in our third year of university or right. fourth year of university, yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. Okay, so I guess yeah. both of us, we've been in, like, long-term stable relationships that I guess... That's a good thing. But like so 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 what I was trying to say was because of that, I think it's easy for us to think that we're supportive of our partner's goals. And isn't this what all relationships do? But maybe if you haven't been in a committed long term relationship, maybe that's not really right. All that apparent. Or maybe when you're dating, like, let's say you're single or reading your profile. 
Um, yeah. Like, these are the things you need to have. Whereas, yeah, let's say exactly. if you're an adventurer, sorry, no offense to those who are in the adventure category, but maybe it's yeah. a little bit different. Maybe maybe the priority is more about, more about having fun than it is on... I supporting each other's goals or something right or it's like goal or, yeah. or maybe goals are, are slightly different how it's worded okay fair enough yeah all right yeah. now yeah. look what you did Raina. now i just have to read every single personality <laughs> type out there because i must now know <laughs> but okay but on my my final note in the romantic relationship category um yeah i definitely see this as very true for you okay all right i'll say because you know what to be fair this has been my consistent MBTI or per 16 personality test. Uh, I just feel like mine isn't as, uh, as like, it doesn't seem very niche. Does that make sense? Mm, it seems okay, very like, okay. you support others. Great job. Which is not a bad thing. It's just doesn't like, to me, it's like, that's not revolutionary either. So maybe I just know myself really well. I think that's it. Or maybe yeah. I just don't understand other people because I'm like, how is not at maybe I'm just a narcissist. <laughs> like, <laughs> how are others not feeling the same way? Like, how is this like? So, so, okay. So now that we've done the BuzzFeed test, we've taken our Enneagram test and the MBTI test. I wanted to explore a little bit about why people love taking these kinds of personality tests so much. And, you know, this stemmed again from you, Kim, messaging me the other day, literally saying, side note, I've been doing a lot of these color slash MBTI slash Enneagram quizzes, and I'm finding them actually enlightening. I did the Enneagram test and immediately wondered what you would get. And then that's when I was like, you know, completely jumped on it. And I was like, oh my God, we need an episode on this. And then it just kind of made me think like, who doesn't like these kinds of tests, right? Like, I feel like, it's just so universal. And so I was looking up a couple of different articles. And this one um, PhD, uh, Dr. Dana Dorfman, she is um, this psychotherapist that was actually quoted in a few articles. Um, she's a psychotherapist and a co-host of this podcast called Two Moms on the Coach uh, on the Couch. Sorry, and what she says is that interest in personality tests is not necessarily narcissistic. It's reflective of our inherent curiosity about human nature and our innate desire to explain the complex processes processes of personalities. Um, so I'm reading this from um, uh, a Refinery Twenty Nine article. And it says, basically, Dr. Dorfman says that these quizzes and tests help us categorize and summarize who we are based on specific attributes. They assist us in making sense of ourselves and our place in the world. So basically, in other words, this is all human nature. Dr. Dorfman says that we're constantly trying to balance between individuality and tribalism. So what that means is that we want to be recognized for what makes us unique, but we also need to feel a sense of belonging to a larger group of people who share similarities. And so personality tests satisfy both of these. They offer an opportunity to reflect on our individual character styles and tendencies while also providing reassurance that our styles are shared by others. Ooh. So I think this is why, like, I got excited when I got the same as Taylor Swift. And you got excited when you got the same as, like, Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey. Like, you want to know that, like, you're unique and you're like, yeah, this is totally me. But it also is really reassuring. And you're like, oh, thank God I'm not the only person in the world who, like, is like this way. Right. Okay, good. It's understanding your place while, in, I guess, in society, but at the same time not feeling, like, isolated. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So understanding yourself, I think, first and foremost. And I think the thing with these tests, like why we like them is because most of the time when we take them, nothing is really all that surprising about us, right? Mm. All these results that we get, we're always like, or for the most part, we're like, yeah, that is true. So it's just kind of like almost scientifically proves what we think about ourselves. So it almost validates the way that we are. And then at the same time, knowing that all these people in the world take these tests means that there are also people exactly like you. And this article, um, Dr. Dorfman says that we find great comfort in knowing that we are not alone in our preferences. We appreciate similarities with others. This enhances our sense of belonging and connectedness. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. That yeah. feels good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we're not just like narcissistic people who want to know more about ourselves. But no, it's actually like a perfectly human, natural, normal thing to do. And like, actually, now that you mentioned it, too, because I we've been stuck in COVID and we haven't you feel more at arm's length from people. I feel less connected to people. I guess this is my extrovertedness coming out, but I don't feel that connection anymore with, with people. So I guess by doing these tests, that's my way of like reconnecting with the different types of whether you're an Enneagram or you're your 60 personality, like reconnecting. How do I engage with other people? How do I engage with someone like yourself, Raina, who yeah. is a different personality type from me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. That's such a good way you put it. So take it, bring, so, bring it home, bring it home. Like what does yeah. this mean? Like at the end of the day, like which one did we like better? And how does it compare to the Berkman breakdown? Ooh, yeah. Okay. I do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, For me personally, I think I liked the 16 personalities more just because maybe it was the website that we used. It just was a lot more detailed. Mm. And I feel like I understand the results of that more than the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. But I'm really curious about the Enneagram because it's more like spiritual and there's like this almost like a religious side to it. Like, you know me, I'm not religious or spiritual, but because I'm not that, it also interests me on the flip side. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to if I had to pick one, uh, number one would be BuzzFeed. Just kidding. Um, oh, my number no, one. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I liked 16 personalities more. What about you? Uh, 16 personalities. I've done it so many times. Not so many times, but several times. Whereas the en- Enneagram I've done was my first time doing it. I was learning whole bunch on it so i i would lean towards that because it felt more um i i knew what to do with it do you know what i mean with with i guess it's, yeah. maybe it's the result i got from my uh 60 personalities i'm like i don't know what to do with this i don't really know what to make of this yeah. Whereas with, okay yeah with the enneagram i felt like okay i'm an overachieving perfectionist you know like with who likes to help people it does, i just i guess there's too much information in the uh, 16 personalities and I'm like isn't everyone like this like I didn't feel like the distinction from other people um, and maybe that actually goes back to my personality and so if I maybe if I take a step back yeah, that's true yeah really but true. I do like that the the in at least on the 16 personality test they give you more information up front so then that kind of brings me to my next point which is the Berkman method um, this is the one where I was saying that I'm certified as a Berkman consultant to um, administer these assessments and do the consultations like the we call them like debriefs or like coaching sessions on it the Berkman method was created six, more than 65 years ago um, by a guy named 
Mr. Berkman, and he used to be um, a pilot during World War II. Oh. And he and he was a psychologist even before then. And when after the war, he dedicated his entire research on um, what drives people to do things and how they usually act. And the other thing, the most important part is what needs people have. And when these needs are not met, what happens to them? What kind of stress behaviors do they start showing? So that's what makes the Berkman very different from other ones because of the needs and stress behaviors part. Because the 16 personalities and Enneagrams, it doesn't really tell you like, what do you need in life? Mm. It tells you who you are and what kind of person you are. And this is probably how you, um, how your personality is. But it doesn't really tell you, okay, what, but like, what do you actually need? And when your needs are not met, what actually happens to you? Oh, so can you give me an example? Yeah. So um, the Berkman is split into four quadrants. It's called the Berkman map. And so if you picture a square and split that into fours, the very top left is called the doer. This is the red quadrant. So the doer is someone who is more extroverted and task oriented. Mm -hmm. Then right underneath that, the bottom left corner is the analyzer. These are the more introverted people who are task oriented. Then the top right corner is the communicator. These are the people who are extroverted and people oriented. That's totally me. <laughs> yeah. And then the bottom right is the thinker, which is the introverted people who are people oriented. So um, it takes about 30 minutes to do the test. And unfortunately, there's no free online version. Um, you have to go through a consultant like me, for example. Um, but... This part is maybe not all that surprising because you said like, oh, I'm probably a communicator. But what the test actually uncovers then is by answering all these questions, it uncovers what your needs and motivations are and the stress behaviors. So again, like if your needs are not met, what happens to you? Uh -huh. Oh, my God. OK, well, not to do a plug, but guys... <laughs> like this is completely unsolicited. We did not talk about this, but guys, if you are interested in this, you should hit up Raina to do the yeah. Berkman breakdown. God knows I yeah. am. We're gonna have a conversation once this mic cuts. But yeah, uh, no, that's so <laughs> and, fascinating. Yeah, and then the the meat of the Berkman is what's called the components. And so again, this one is divided into nine categories, and I'll just take one category as an example. So. Social energy, that's one category. This is your sociability, approachability, and preference for group and team participation. So, for example, um, when you get your report and it says your usual is at, let's say, 99 and your needs are at a three, Ooh. what that means is that your usual behavior, um, this is what people see around you. Oh, sorry. This is how people perceive you. And this is like your default behavior like when nothing is happening this is how you are oh my god now i'm curious about this persona right here who's that who's this person who's this hypothetical person <laughs> so this is actually just a sample report that i'm referencing but this is actually true for most people a lot of people um do really well in social settings but they like to be in smaller groups um for the most part and like they can show up really well in groups but they just need time to like recharge whereas for me when I took mine um, my usual behavior is at a 99 and my needs is at a 98 
which means that I, yes, I do show up really, really well in groups and I and my batteries are recharged by being with people. So there's no disconnect between how people see me and how I actually need to be. I'm so curious so then, now which one's mine. <laughs> and this is like, I swear, Kim and I did not plan this out. I am not trying to like plug my businesses or anything. It's just that I just find it fascinating. Um, if we were to pay for the other two tests now, would they address them? Oh, that's a good question. Because we were just cheap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, all I know is that the Berkman method is the only personality assessment out there that addresses needs. Interesting. I'm pretty sure that 16 personalities and the Enneagrams, it'll tell you like, you know, if you keep doing this, this is going to happen to you or like this is your weakness. But from what I know, this is Berkman is the only one that actually tells you what your needs are. It's very nuanced, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's like, yeah, it's not like here, this personality type or this personality type. There's like layers to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think it's because like this, the Berkman is usually for careers and a lot, most MBA schools do it. A lot of Fortune 500 companies do it and they do it for individuals, but also for teams. So if you, let's say, have like a team of like 10 people under you and you as a manager, like if all of you do it, you'll start to see like, oh, like this person really likes to be in big meetings, mm -hmm. but this person doesn't. So it there's a lot of room to kind of shift responsibilities, how you're going to address people in meetings. So it's a really good team dynamic report. Oh, that's so fascinating. Maybe maybe we do something like that the next episode. Actually, yeah. So you can take the test and then I can actually do a coaching session with you in a podcast. Oh my God, that'd be so cool. It's like super raw. Okay, so let's do that. Another episode will be me getting coached and like you get a sample of what coaching looks like, the audience, right? Yeah. Like that would be fantastic because then they would get firsthand experience of what the Berkman method is like, what it yeah. likes to, and also I think it's great to show what us doing the freebie test versus us doing a paid investment. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right? Like what's yeah. the difference in quality? Um, I am curious because I think people don't really understand what coaching looks like. So this is a great segue for the for the next episode. And I think the cool thing about these personality tests and things is that there's no right or wrong. You know, oh, yeah. no one gets to be right. No one gets to be wrong. It's really literally about you and nobody else. So no one can tell you otherwise. And I think if someone gets a result and they're like, ooh, I don't really like that, maybe that's an opportunity for them to think about why they don't like that and what they can do to change that. Ooh, Coach Raina. <laughs> if anyone, guys, if you are going to walk away, walk away with that. Highlight that. Yeah. Like, really look at that. It's like, why did I get that? Why am I unhappy with that? Don't so much on the results, but like your reaction to the results. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, for me and you, like, we're both like quite open people. So we're like, yeah, this is great. We have the same one. Woohoo. But maybe that's not the reaction for every person out there. All right. So one final test for you, Raina. All right. Right. We've done the Enneagram. We've done the 16 personalities test. We've talked about with the Berkman test. Yeah. I have another very scientific test for you. Oh, my God. Is it going to be like another like 40 minutes? Um, It's which K-drama should you watch next based on 
the cake you bake. <laughs> I mean, this That's might be 40 minutes. It's going to take me 40 minutes. Okay, are we doing this together? Okay. Okay. First, what kind of cake are you making? Oh, so, okay, can I also say this is super ironic because I don't like cake? I don't like cakes. But you like K-dramas. <laughs> yes, I do. I've recently gotten into it. Okay, but you know what? I like some cake. Okay, anyway, I digress. First, what kind of cake are you making? One, carrot cake. Two, chocolate cake. Three, vanilla cake. Four, red velvet cake. Carrot cake. What are you making, Kim? Car- oh, carrot cake. I love carrot cake. It's the only one I care about right oh. out of all those. So healthy of you. Is it? I don't think it's healthy. Well, it's probably the healthiest one of that one. I'm going with red velvet. Okay. Pick a flavor of frosting. Chocolate, vanilla, buttercream, or whipping cream? Buttercream. Really? Miss, I don't like cake, but I'm all about the buttercream. <laughs> I feel like buttercream would be like the least invasive in my mouth. That's fair. I I, also, I don't like whipped cream. I, I also would go with buttercream. Yeah, right? Yeah. All right. Pick a topping. Sprinkles, flowers, candles, or edible glitter. What? How is this? I didn't know. I didn't know that existed. I don't. I don't. Which one? I actually don't know what to pick. What would you pick? I'm going to go with flowers. So it's less things to eat on a cake. Um, You know, I'm, I'm going to go with sprinkles sprinkles i mean they just like i don't like them but it's the only one that makes sense to me out of the four finally okay read the last question kim finally what is the cake for i just felt like it or a wedding a birthday or lastly a holiday i'm gonna go with i just felt like it because it's covid and none of these things are happening right now that's fair um for me it's a birthday Oh, I got my next K-drama I should watch. Okay, which one did you get? I got Angel Eyes. A cardiac surgeon and a rescue worker meet again after being separated for a long period of time due to troubling circumstances. I got the same one. (laughs) What? Like, what? How? We literally had buttercream as our only answer that we had the same. Yeah, uh, BuzzFeed, we demand a scientific reasoning behind this. We demand a recount. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't understand but fine i will check out angel eyes it looks because cute. i am into k-dramas right and now. It, honestly once you read it i'm like but damn i'd watch that <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's the last of our very scientific quiz episode personality tests berkman what else did we talk about the enneagram self-discovery we hope that you walk away feeling like, all right, let's let's take on a quiz and, and see how you react to it. Yeah. Especially which K-drama should you watch next? Yeah. Let us know. I want to know all your results. Every single one of them. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, we'll link all the tests in the description below or wherever you find our fine fine podcast and also you know what throwing it out there you know coach Rita, you are a fantastic coach you know you are a certified coach now you are um certified in the berkman method like where can they find you they can find me at reina shishikura.com shishikura is super long to google so i think you know what? I want to test out my Google SEO. If you type Reina Coaching, I wonder if it'll come up. Reina spelled R-E-I-N-A, not like Reina James from Nashville. Your one R-A-Y-N-A. pop culture reference. 
<laughs> yeah, that's like the literally the one one I can make. Um, but yeah, um, please, yeah, go check out reinashishkra.com or find me on Instagram. Might be easier. It's reina.coaching. And I talk about coaching things. I talk about my life in Europe. I sometimes share inspirational things. And uh, get this, Kim, I'm trying to... Um, incorporate Friday Night Lights into my Instagram and find like coachable moments from that epic show. Okay, that's gonna be another episode. We're gonna have a table vibe. All right, thank you for listening. You can find Obsessed with ABGs on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kimberly. I'm Raina, and you've been listening to Obsessed with ABG's Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals.